0: T podcast. I am your guy, Smith, with my guy, Cam Clark. What's up? Cameron just ran a 5K today. He's he's tired. Not you know. He says he's feeling good. He don't look too good over there. Look like he's a little sick. Might be a little hungry. Um, don't know how you guys run these 5Ks, man. Just just you know, kudos to you. I can run 5K for a milkshake. Hope everybody's doing great today. Gonna get into some get into some sports talk, and uh, gonna start with your lonely Cincinnati Reds because it is baseball season. We're gonna roll up, give you a little bit week of a uh, a week review uh, of the Reds, and um, gonna talk a little bit about some things maybe that uh, will interest you. And I'm gonna be giving you a very unpopular opinion, and. Um, but I'm going to give you my perspective of this. So the Reds, of course, last Sunday uh, were able to take one from the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, they had an off day on Monday. And then on Tuesday, the Reds play the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City. Uh, Sal Romano uh, pitched his uh, his best game of his career, uh, really. He uh, was the first Reds pitcher to go into the eighth inning this season, which is unbelievable. Um, the Reds were... Uh, winners in that one. Um, and Tucker Barnhart hits a, a game-tying home run in the top of the ninth against Kelvin Herrera, who had like a ridiculous ERA going into this game. At like It was like .69. And the Reds rattle off a 5-1 win on Tuesday. Joey Votto clears the bases with a um, three-run triple in that game. Uh, the Reds, uh, the next night, uh, behind Tyler Mailey, uh gets a 2-1 win over Kansas City. Um, and the Reds were off on Thursday. And then Friday, last night, the Reds fell, of course, to the another NL Central team, the um, Pittsburgh Pirates. So, yeah, the Reds rattled off a three-game winning streak the first time that they had seen multiple wins. then um, realistically, and honestly, just Kansas City is that bad. I, never, I didn't think I'd see anybody worse than the Reds until I saw Kansas City. Kansas City's bad. They're bad, they're bad at baseball. But I'm going to – if anybody was listening or watching the game on Fox Sports Ohio on Sunday, how desperate was George Grand trying to get over Billy Hamilton – I mean, it sounded ridiculous. Every time the camera would show Billy Hamilton, George Grant was just going bananas about him. Hamilton caught one up against the wall, and George Grant is going nuts. As if he is the best player that has ever played the game. And the guy's hitting 190. i seen people on Twitter in the Kansas City game on Tuesday... When he was in the rundown, which was number one, a base running blunder by him, a base running mistake. He was in the rundown and he avoided the tag and got back safely. And everybody says, wow, look, look at Billy. That's ha, what he play. does on the base pass. He's a menace on the base. Man, he made a base running mistake and he got himself out of it. Billy Hamilton is hitting under 200, he is fast. And he can catch baseballs in the outfield. But, George, you going on and on about him doesn't change my mind to knowing what exactly Billy Hamilton is and that he is not very good at baseball. Reds minor league talks. It's time to take a little trip to the farm. Reds' number one prospect, Nick Senzel, missed some time due to vertigo. Nick Senzel is back with the AAA Louisville Bats. Nick Senzel is ripping the cover off the baseball. Nick Senzel is still in the minor leagues. As a matter of fact, Nick Senzel, last night in Toledo, went two for four. The representatives of Toledo said... Why is this guy still in the minor leagues? Your guess is as good as ours. Toledo, Nick Senzel, missed multiple weeks with vertigo. He came back, and out of the top thirty Reds prospect, prospects, he was hitting .260 at the time that he left. He's now hitting .299. Kudos. Nick Sinzel. Homer Bailey took the hill for a rehab extent. And for the Louisville A bats, he went two and two thirds of an inning and got absolutely shellacked. Once again, why are we wasting our time with Homer Bailey? We'll never understand. Give him the 80 mil or 60 milios. And let's move on with life. Dilson Herrera. Many of you might not remember Dilson Herrera. He's not in the Reds' top 30 prospects. Dilson Herrera was the the, the major trade chip for Jay Bruce. Dilson Herrera since has not been very healthy. When he has been healthy, he's hit the baseball. Dilson Herrera is red hot right now for your AAA Louisville Bats. Which leads me to this. And it's going to be an unpopular take. A couple weeks ago, we had a Twitter question. Should the Reds re-sign Scooter Jeanette? I have been on board for the Reds re-signing Scooter Jeanette. However, I've had a change of heart. I believe if if, if the price is right and the Reds can get a starting pitcher for Scooter Jeanette, I feel they have to make the move. And here is why. Number one, we have multiple minor league prospects at second base. Where is Nick Senzel going to play? Well, right now, for your AAA Louisville Bats, he's playing second base. You might say, well, that's fine. We can move Senzel to short. Well, then we just drafted Jonathan India. Where is he going to play? He plays the infield, and he can play the outfield. Okay. But starting pitching is our weakest spot right now. Our starting pitching is atrocious. You mean to tell me if the the Seattle Mariners or the Cleveland Indians, somebody with good minor league pitching and good prospects – Were to come to you and say, hey, we're going to give you a two-for-one deal for Scooter Jeanette that you're really going to pass up on it? I don't think so. What about playing Scooter Jeanette in the outfield? Have you seen the guy throw a ball? He doesn't throw the ball very well. Jesse Winker doesn't throw the ball very well. You cannot have two guys in your corner outfield or in your corner outfield's pots that cannot throw a baseball. So, with that being said, I am officially on board for the Reds to trade Scooter Jeanette. It will not hurt my feelings, however, if the Reds were able to keep him. But, being smart and looking for pitching prospects. It makes sense because we can plug the holes in those positions. And I get it. Scooter Jeanette is number one or two right now and runs batted in in the National League. He went into this week leading the NL in batting average. I get it. But what does that tell me? Cam, it tells me that he is a hot trade chip commodity right now now. Cameron, do we know what next Thursday is? It is the NBA draft, the 2018 NBA draft. If you haven't heard um, on uh, episode number two that we did our mock draft, uh, please go take a look at that because it's been pretty cool uh, because I've been seeing some guys going and visiting and they were our picks, the picks that we Mm -hmm. put in those spots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. You know, and I I think I think we're getting ready to see something ridiculous next week. I think this there's going to be more trades in this draft next week than yeah. ever before.
1: Yeah, teams are coming out looking aggressive. There's been many reports that uh teams are looking to trade to go higher up in the draft.
0: But at the top, it's very heavy. Very top. At, the, at, the, at the top, it's very heavy. And, I, you know, and I, you're seeing guys like Mo Bamba really impress a lot of teams. So, you know, right now organizations are trying to move some parts and pieces mm. to possibly go up and get Mo Bamba. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr. is a guy that, um, you know, many people, and Michael Porter Jr. loves Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. But Michael Porter Jr. is trying to sell himself because this guy believes he is talented. Mm-hmm. And if you are somebody in that 6-7-8 to seven, eight range, man, you would love for teams to pass. Pass up on Michael Porter Jr.
1: Definitely, I know the Chicago Bulls are one of those teams. As I believe, they're the only team right now that have all of his medical information. Um, Michael Porter Jr. has declined. He's uh, he's declined some workouts as of late. I believe with the Grizzlies and the Kings, and Kings is one of those teams. I believe they're the number two pick, looking to possibly take Michael Porter Jr. But I don't I don't know. It's been it's been interesting to see what what kind of moves he's making coming off this back injury and how it's take it moving forward.
0: And your guys at the OT Podcast actually have Michael Porter Jr. mocked to Chicago yes. at 7. So we will see how that turns out. But there's a lot of things that's going to be going on in free agency um, that's really going to be uh, a factor in this. And, and, and one thing in particular news that just came out of this week is that Kawhi Leonard wants out of San Antonio. It is happening right now. What do you think, Cam, in and, 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 and all honesty, do you think the San Antonio Spurs does deserve what they get right now? Well, I believe the climate of the NBA
1: is changing. It's the players' league now, and we're seeing more empowerment of these players. And I, I, think, it was, I think it's a good move to empower the athletes higher than the culture. Although I don't, I don't know if I agree if San Antonio deserved that, I think it's good for the league that this is happening.
0: I mean, there were reports coming out that were saying that the people in the San Antonio offices were saying that he was lazy, yeah, and that he was, and that he stopped caring about the team. Mm. I mean, do you think those are fair assessments? I mean, the guy, you—I mean, Kawhi Leonard, from what I understand, is he's not really a guy that you can read. You yeah. know, he's very quiet. He's very to, very himself. to himself. I mean, things between him and his little camp he has going on. I mean, is this a? But is this is this fair for an yeah. organization to start? Uh, uh pointing fingers at a guy and saying you are the reason you are lazy you this. Yeah. Yes. I mean I mean it's not like San Antonio had a lot around him last year yeah it's true I mean I think I think it it's not wrong for
1: fans to be upset considering that Kawhi did take his precious time um to to come back to the team which he eventually never came back right. even though they had a little playoff run with LaMarcus Aldridge all playing uh career best like we've never seen him before under Popovich. So I think it's it's fair for fans to be upset with Kawhi Leonard, but I would not play I would not place all the blame on Kawhi Leonard.
0: Here's one for you. Kawhi Leonard to LA. Yeah. For Lonzo Ball. Julius Randle. Mm. Kawhi Leonard goes to LA. Paul George signs with L.A. Yeah. LeBron signs with L.A. Yeah. There's your superstar yeah. team.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, am I,
0: I way off base there? I mean, do you think Popovich would ever would, would he would put up with Lonzo Ball though?
1: And that's what I that's what I don't know. See, I think it's
0: possible. Would any would anybody want to put up with the Ball family?
1: I think it's possible that L.A. slips Brandon Ingram gotcha. into the deal.
0: Right. So Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle.
1: Yeah. Because the the truth is. As, as much as of L.A. fans loving Brandon Ingram, the dude's not, I, like, I don't see it. Like, people are saying he's the next Kevin Durant, but I don't see it personally. I think that L.A. is hyping this guy so much, and I don't know if they're doing it for trade value, but it, it awfully looks like that because Magic said he is untouchable when it comes to trading. And I think that Brandon Ingram, he looks good. I don't know if he's a franchise player like many of the LA fans hope he is going to become.
0: So now we have to a situation where we have to watch LeBron James yeah. and we're watching Kawhi Leonard. Is... It is going to be a fun summer. What if Kawhi? What if, what if what if what if Kawhi gets traded somewhere like Milwaukee? Yeah. Or somewhere you know somewhere mm-hmm. uh, where there there is a team that might just need. One piece, maybe Toronto, maybe yeah. somebody that just needs another piece yeah. uh, to, uh, to to keep moving forward. Okay. What about the Pelicans?
1: Yeah, like uh, it's definitely possible. I know we're all talking as if Kawhi uh, Kawhi has is holding all the all the cards in this trade, but really, he's not. I, I mean, LA they have nice pieces and all, but at the end of the day, San Antonio can make one of those moves where they just send him to a very uh like a like a place like milwaukee they could send them to a very low grade nba franchise and i wouldn't be surprised you know i mean they they right now they probably feel low-balled by Kawhi, and they could do something that people were hoping the cavaliers would do with Kyrie irving you know send him to the knicks something oh, yeah. like that you know, there's like, no doubt definitely. about
0: it there's no doubt about it so he doesn't really get to choose where yeah knows. like oh, I, I know
1: we're talking as if you know, Kawhi is holding all the cards, but really it's San Antonio. San Antonio
0: is going to try to get the best value yeah. for Kawhi Leonard.
1: Yeah, and obviously the Lakers have that value. They do. But it's going to be interesting to see what other teams are offering because you never, you never really know what a team will offer for a superstar like Kawhi Leonard who's been a two-time defensive player of the year and is still in his prime. So, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see what other teams are dealing.
0: Next Thursday the 2018 NBA draft. We will be back next weekend to do, go over a draft recap, and we're going to go over our draft grades and all trades that were made and everything. We will be ready, and you will hear that on the OT podcast, and we will, um, we will be back after, after this station identification. The NFL is not very far away. gets a lot of people excited. And pretty soon, here in the month of July, we're going to be going through a lot of fantasy football stuff to prepare all of you fantasy football players um, to make and have your best draft possible. But until then, we're going to kind of go around the NFL and uh, gonna look at some teams. Maybe look at some people and uh, you know, talk about maybe their upcoming season. So uh, my guy Cam has put together our weekly hot take questions. Ready, Cam? Let's go.
1: Alright, starting right off with the New England Patriots Julian Edelman Is going to be serving a four game suspension And In the off season They had lost One of Tom Brady's guys Brandon Cook He is now gone So my question is Who will Tom Brady be throwing to For these first four games For the Patriots
0: Well Obviously, he's going to be throwing the ball to Gronk. That's obvious. Obviously, he's going to be throwing the ball to his running backs because that's what he's turned into. He's a checkdown guy, okay? But there is a wide receiver I want you to keep in mind that I think Tom Brady might end up having a good rapport with, and that is Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews came from Philadelphia. I think he's a good sneaky fantasy play this year, especially with Edelman being out because Gronk's going to get doubled and triple teamed. can see Matthews sliding open here Matthews is a very underrated undervalued wide receiver wasn't used well enough in in Philadelphia so if Tom Brady's not throwing the ball to Gronk and he's not throwing it to White and Burke head out of the backfield I think Tom Brady's throwing the ball to Jordan Matthews uh, who signed as a free agent with New England
1: it's always interesting to see Tom Brady get the most out of these guys who um might have not had such a great career from the start, and then they go to New England, and next thing you know, they're a top-ten fantasy uh, receiver. So that'll be interesting. Next question I have is about the New York Jets, who acquired a, a boatload of talent in the offseason. And now we have, a quarterback, uh, we have a quarterback dilemma here. We're looking at Teddy Bridgewater, and we're looking at Josh McCown. And we're also looking at Sam Darnold. Three very capable quarterbacks. I think two are very big in the equation of who is going to start. And they have come out saying McCown is our starter for the, for the start of the season, at least. But who do, who do you think should be the starting quarterback for the
0: Jets? A boatload of talent is a loaded question. Do they have a boatload of talent? They brought a lot of bodies in. I wouldn't say they had a boatload of talent because they still don't have a wide receiver. Their defense is still horrible and they're secondary, but they do have a quarterback controversy. I think they might have jumped too quick to say that Josh McCown is their starting quarterback. I could see the bridge situation here with McCown leading Sam Darnold, which was their first overall pick. Because I wasn't really a Sam Darnold fan when he came out. I thought he had a very subpar senior year. With a with with a, a USC team that I thought was pretty talented and that underachieved. But then they brought in Teddy Bridgewater. And I like Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater deserves an opportunity. But is it a situation now where it becomes if they give Teddy Bridgewater the job and he comes in in week one and two and he has turned this franchise around, if you're the Jets, are you going oh crap? Like what are we gonna do now? I mean, do we look at do we look at Bridgewater and say, well, we got a trading chip here, or, <laughs> or are we saying this is a guy because Bridgewater's still young? He is still a young guy. I think they went premature on giving McCown the job. I do think they need to bridge in Darnold. I don't think he is. I I, I just don't see him as being ready. Um, And I think they will probably honor McCown because McCown had a pretty good season, but the guy's also 39, 40 years old. And McCown's very injury prone. So I can see a possibility of Bridgewater definitely get the time. So I will say that they will start Josh McCown, although I am very interested in seeing what Teddy Bridgewater can do. Me too, me too. Next question I have. We'll be talking about
1: the Miami Dolphins who have lost Jarvis Landry in free agency, but they have the return of Ryan Tannehill, who is coming off another ACL injury. And now I'm excited to ask you will the Dolphins be over, under 500, possibly at 500? How do you think they'll
0: be? Under 500. And I don't even have to hesitate about that one side. Not only did they lose Jarvis uh, Jarvis Landry, but Ryan Tannehill has also lost his legs. He's also lost his ability to scramble. And that's the only thing that made Ryan Tannehill remotely respected was his ability to move in the pocket and his ability to find receivers by using his legs. Ryan Tannehill will be a mess. And I, I just don't. And, and is it fair to to judge him based off of this next year with this guy? I mean, he has no talent. Yeah. They got a, they got a horrible running. I mean, they got they got they're gonna be uh, going by a running back by committee um, you know, with, with with Drake and um, Williams and some others. I just don't. And they're not very talented. Um, and Miami's still got so many holes that they need plugged. Uh, plugged in I you know if, if if the Dolphins win five games I would say that is a productive year for
1: them yeah yeah I think it's time for them to look into just full reboot mode um, start looking at different quarterback options in the future my next question for you is the, about the Buffalo Bills and now we're looking in hindsight after um, finally making the playoffs last year with their team led by Tyrod Taylor and dealing Tyrod Taylor to the Cleveland Browns do you
0: think that the Bills should have kept Tyrod Taylor? I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor. I feel bad because it seems like the guy does everything he can for his franchise. A franchise that it was not very talented that last year. And they didn't have anybody. They're the receiving core. They traded for Kelvin Benjamin um, later in the season. but Miami did, or But Carolina didn't like him. You know, so he hasn't had anything to work with. I mean, it's been Shady McCoy and himself on offense. Now, the only thing that saved Buffalo is Buffalo had an incredible defense last year. They did lose lose their leading tackler to Cincinnati this past season, but Buffalo still got a good secondary and they still got a good defense. And I think that is what they're building on. So I'm okay with Buffalo wanting to move on with Tyrod Taylor, but at the same time, I do. I do feel like he deserves a little better, and I think he's going to get the same type of treatment in Cleveland that he did as well. Uh, The quarterback situation, uh, Nate Allen was drafted out of the University of Wyoming. Um, Nate Allen is far from a finished product. I think A.J. McCarron, the former Cincinnati Bengals secondary, will open up the season as a starter. Once again, it runs into one of these situations: is what if AJ McCarron comes out and he has a heck of a year? What do you do with Nate Allen? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but Buffalo, they're they're on offense. They're they're not very talented on offense. Um, they they didn't have Kel. They do have Kelvin Benjamin. They have Zay Jones. The receiving core from McCarron's not great. Uh, and you're gonna and once again, Shady McCoy is gonna see 20, 20 to 20, 20, in between twenty and thirty carries a game. Gonna get, he's going to be the workhorse there. Um, I think Buffalo could still finish by around 500. All right, my last question for you is
1: Do you think CM Punk should fight another MMA match?
0: This is not a football question. I know. This is not a football I question. I it's not. But you know what? I'm going to go, you know, <sighs> CM Punk just needs to just stop. He, he just needs to go away. You know, listen, and here, <laughs> you know, I didn't even have to watch the fight the other night. I just got on Twitter and I saw highlights and I saw his face and what CM Punk looked like when the fight was over. This is my message to CM Punk. Now, granted the first time CM Punk fought was against a guy that was pretty well established and the guy beat his face in. Now this, here's the, this is the scary part. The scary part about this fight was the guy that he was fighting was very young in fighting too. They both had zero and one records. And it looked like CM Punk went through a war. Yeah. He, the, the guy went to the hospital. Listen. CM Punk. Put the MM gloves, MMA gloves away. I know you're not going to go back to the WWE. That, that bridge has been burned. Go to New Japan. Go to Ring of Honor. You'll be big over there. Go wrestle for entertainment. Go win your... but it is time to step out of the octagon. And that is my hot take on CM Punk and the NFL. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, That concludes episode four of the podcast. We'll have much more for you next week as we go into some hot takes with uh, uh, more NFL, more Reds baseball, and we'll be doing our draft recap Next week as well. It's going to be a hot and loaded week.
1: We have two Twitter poll questions for you guys. The first one is Where do you think Kawhi Leonard will end up? And our second one is Do you think that CM Punk should give up fighting in the MMA? Make sure you answer those at Podcast Overtime on Twitter. Go follow us on there and
0: at Instagram at OT Podcasts. For myself, Ryan Smith, and my producer, Cam Clark. We would like to say thanks for listening.